Welcome to the Turkey Hunter Podcast, the original all-turkey, all-the-time podcast with your co-hosts Andy Galliano and Cameron Weddington. In our weekly podcast, we're going to bring you some wild turkey calling tips like this. From there, we're going to go into, she's aggravated, there's another hen that's challenged her, or she's challenging another hen, she's going to cut an excited yelp. Advice from old pro turkey hunters like this. The turkeys typically don't like, I think, more times than not, to travel in an easterly direction into the sun first thing in the morning, especially after he gets up. It's a blinding thing. It's just like you. It's hard for you to see into the sun. Mm -hmm. So if I have a choice, I'm going to try to make it so that I'm going to be on the west side in the morning east side in the afternoon of a turkey exciting live hunts like this teach you how to cook your bird with advice such as this with some fresh rosemary and garlic and then cool that off and spread that along the inside of that butterflied turkey breast that we've seasoned on both sides wildlife management tips for your property especially with turkeys like this if you look at the type of habitats that turkeys need for nesting and brooding that tends to be habitat that can be managed more successfully with growing season fire than with dormant season fire. And hopefully along the way, we'll get plenty of these. Well, on November the 28th of 1953, I was hatched when I popped out of my mom and the baby doctor spanked me on the bottom. I went, oh, and I've been doing it ever since. <laughs> I like that. Thank you for tuning in, and now, for this week's show. Hello, welcome to this week's episode of the Turkey Hunt Podcast. You are listening to... Episode number 459, A Little Afternoon Delight. And I am your co-host and the guy who is hanging on to a little bit of the voice that he has. (laughs) Well, as a podcaster, the voice is an important tool. And I mean, the deep... You know, it sounds like you have, like, the worst case of morning voice I've ever heard. So. <laughs> and this is in the evening, so I'm guessing you got a little something in the in the vocal cords. Yeah, a little sinus allergy drainage going on and all that nastiness that goes with it. Yeah. So the good news is I have two hour and a half long meetings to lead <laughs> tomorrow, one in front of about 
28 people and the other one in front of about 25 people. Excellent. So, That's perfect timing to have vocal cord issues. Yes. One at least thing, it's not turkey season. Well, I, I never say at least it's not turkey season. Well, that's true. I was just thinking you might sound like a one of the fun girls from Andy Griffith as a hen right now. Yeah, no doubt. No <laughs> doubt. But yeah, one honey. thing I found <laughs> that really helps my voice is cold beers. So I think tomorrow morning before my 7.30 appointment, I'll just drink a couple of cold beers. Yeah, I mean, you get six or eight of those in you, you'll be a lot more friendly and, you know, probably just have an overall better conversation with people. Yeah, totally agree. <laughs> well, I'm y'all's, <laughs> I'm y'all's co-host, and I'm the guy who's tinkering with a new call. Definitely don't have it down yet, but I won a scratch box call cool. at the Hope Outdoors Banquet, which is a benefit for taking folks hunting who have disabilities and i won this scratch box turkey call so i've been playing with it a little bit sounds like there's a turkey in there there's a turkey in there i just gotta let her out fully yeah but something fun to play with, tinker around with. The, you know, it's, a, it's an interesting device. I could see how this, I assume, was the before the box call, as we know it, you know, spring-loaded box. I assume this is what they started with. Yeah. About the equivalent of rubbing two sticks together. <laughs> yeah, especially if I'm running it. That's what it sounds like. Yeah, but still pretty cool. So I always like it. You know, I thought it'd be a pretty interesting idea to try, like, one year. It'd probably be a very frustrating idea, but to try to get a turkey, not just one year, but over a couple springs, like, with every type of caller, which would be a million different ones, but at least, like, the the main ones, you know, box, pot and peg, trumpet, diaphragm, tube, you know, scratch box. Yeah. I'm sure I'm missing a few there, but... You know, if you get into all the weeds of it, and then you get a nail call and, you know, one of those ones that's in a tobacco can and pill bottle. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. You could go on forever, but it'd be pretty cool to try to get proficient enough with each type of caller to kill a turkey or at least call a turkey into gun range. Yeah, no doubt. Wing bone. That would be cool. Yeah. But anyway, we got in other news. We have crossed the threshold from triple digits to double digits, which is what I like to hear. Yeah. Only if, for us it's for sure, but for you listeners, if you want to be on this journey, you'll have an action item here, but we're only 98 days, 10 hours, and 43 minutes from hunting Rio Grande gobblers in South Texas. Man. 98 days. That when you say it like amazing. that, it might as well be tomorrow. I'm getting pretty excited. We got flights booked for ourselves, and we're ready to roll. Yes, indeed. Uh, I'm fired up about it. If you want to join us on that trip, we actually are taking two guests with us. And if you want to do that, we will have in the show notes on whatever podcast app you're listening to, you can go to the show notes and click the link 
that's going to take you to a hunt fundraiser raffle page where you can buy raffle tickets. Highly recommend buying one of the package options because that gives you a discount on a per ticket basis. And that is going to buy you a chance to win a two and a half day guided turkey hunt. It's going to be pretty much self-guided on this ranch. You won't have a guide actually leading you around other than me and Andy. We'll, we'll be the guides slash partner hunters because we're definitely going to try to kill our turkeys too. But it's going to be in South Texas, Falfurious, Texas. We're going to have two gobblers per person, so eight total in camp that we can kill. Good food, good lodging, good laughs. You know, it's going to be a blast. So what you do is go apply for that raffle. We're going to draw the winner. Is it January 15th? Yes, January the 15th. We're going to draw. I can't remember what time of day, but... Looks like it's you have it be... set at noon. I just pulled it up. Okay. So noon right. on the 15th is the close of entries. So I guess we'll draw probably that evening sometime. Yes. Perfect. And so that's 62 days from right now that you have to draw. And then 36 days after that, you're going to be turkey hunting with Andy and myself, hunting Rio Grande's before Hawaii, before South Florida, before any of those states come in for spring turkey season. So... Hunt dates will be February 20th. We fly in. We hunt the 21st, 22nd, my birthday, and the 23rd morning, and fly home that evening. So look what's forward really, to What's really cool about all that to me is when I leave Unicoi that Saturday, the 13th of January, two days later, we're going to do a drawing, and, you know, four or five weeks later, I'll be using those calls. Instead of having wow. to wait until the end of March, that's going to be yeah, awesome. That's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is. It is amazing. You know, you shortened it down to that many days because otherwise I'd be looking at, you know, what is it? I would have 151 days. 98 sounds a lot better. Yeah. <laughs> and for some of these guys in the Northeast, they're, they're looking at like 200 days. Yeah, you're right. So, Anyway, it's going to be a blast. Uh, I hope you guys will go buy some raffle tickets. Proceeds, assuming it's profitable, will be donated to Turkeys for Tomorrow and the National Wild Turkey Federation, as you'll read on the raffle page. And so go in there, buy some raffle tickets. You're going to have way higher odds of winning this than you are South Florida quota hunt or a Arizona Goulds tag, you know, anything like that. You can... You can bet your bottom dollar you're going to have better odds on this raffle, So especially right now. I mean, we haven't had just a ton of entrance. So if you want to go participate in that, we look forward to hopefully seeing you in Texas late February to hunt turkeys. Yes, indeed. And I want to say thank you to a few of the listeners who have bought yeah. tickets already. So Derek Owens bought 10 tickets. Thank you to Derek. Jonathan Pryor bought 25 tickets. Thank you, Jonathan, very much. Mike Clay bought 10 tickets. Chris Hall bought 10 tickets. Andrew Rossell bought 25 tickets. All right, old fuzz. Yeah. Mike Hoffman bought 10 tickets. Thomas Weeks Jr. bought 10 tickets. Charlie Clark II bought 50 tickets. Heck yeah. Derek Kugler bought 13 tickets. Ryan Nethercutt bought 10 tickets. 
Alfred Bell bought 25 tickets. Austin Dudley bought 10 tickets. All right. And that's, that's Jack and, Dudley's grandson. <laughs> oh, is it really? Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of you guys. Mark Hebda bought tickets. He bought five. Let's see. Austin Oberhaus bought three. Heck yeah. So appreciate you guys who have gone out there and bought some tickets. We're looking forward to doing this and raising some money for the NWTF and TFT. We're looking forward to hunting with two of you guys in late February. It's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. That's keep in mind. There's two two people getting drawn. So the day we draw, if you're not the first one out the hat, you might be number two. So, but make yeah. sure you check that out. The link is in the show notes. You can also go to my Instagram, Cameron Weddington, and the link is in my bio there. And yeah, so it's it's pretty easy to pretty easy to do. You just go in there, buy your raffle tickets, and we're gonna do it in January. If you've already bought some get a bonus this christmas or make a little extra money one month buy a few more increase your odds absolutely it's a good what do you think you want to do a live stream of the drawing yeah i think we should definitely so too that'd be cool and i already decided you know andrew rossow if he draws and then i know my buddy andrew mills in pennsylvania's put in if he draws i'm going to legally change my name to andrew <laughs> all four be Andrews on the show. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. Something. That's too much Andrew for one place. Yeah. <laughs> we'll <laughs> see. But anyway, good deal, guys. Hope y'all will go participate in that. Wanted to make sure we shared that info with y'all. And we got a hunt this week. One of my yes, hunts. Indeed. Yeah. One of my hunts. So this... Tell us about this afternoon delight we're about to get into. Yeah, we need to you got the deep voice, you know. I don't know if you've seen Anchor Man, but we could go into a song together on Afternoon Delight. I mean, <laughs> we'll do it after the shot. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, But so this hunt was actually a second half of the day hunt, and it was a glorious day overall for everyone on this phone call and one of our longtime good friends of the podcast, Scott McDonald who, if you go back and listen to the episode from, I don't know, maybe a month, month, month and a half ago called Monkey Off the Back with Scott McDonald, that hunt took place the morning of this hunt. So Scott came up and hunted with me, and we got his turkey here that morning on my family farm. Awesome hunt. Highly recommend going and listening to that one. And, you know, Scott's a traveling turkey hunter. Just like you, just like me. The state was checked. So we went back, had breakfast, you know, did our thing. And he's like, well, I think I'm going to head on home. And I was, he, you know, he, he was kind of like, would you be okay with that? And I was like, I mean, I kind of figured you'd already be gone. <laughs> <laughs> you got the goal achieved, you know, and in spring, anytime you can get home to the missus and Oh, yeah. You know, save those days for another trip or whatever. You kind of got to take advantage of that. And anyway, so we got his bird cleaned and said our goodbyes. And Scott hit the road, headed home and, you know, had an awesome hunt. And that's what he came to do. And he rocked out. And so he left. And my dad was still hunting with my gun. So he had my gun 
because I have like a anyway. It just seemed like it would be a good gun for him to use. He he is not. We're trying to get him a turkey. He's not a turkey hunter. So he was with my brothers who were trying to get him a turkey. And my brother Ryan had killed one that morning, so his gun was actually sitting at the house. Mm-hmm. So I looked at his gun, looked at the watch. And I was like, hmm, I might go hunt myself. <laughs> yeah. So I decided I think I'm going to drive about two hours across state lines and go try to knock out a new state or worst case scenario, get some scouting done this afternoon. So that's what I did. I grabbed his gun. I obviously texted him, made sure that was cool with him. And with this gun, he had told me on one of our past turkey trips together, he he missed several turkeys on that trip. And he was like, oh, this trigger pull, this trigger pull is so tight. Like it, you got to really yank on it. It's the trigger pull. And I just kind of was like, yeah, yeah, it's definitely the trigger pull, man. You know, nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with you. But he is a great <laughs> shot. He's probably one of the better shots in our family. But I don't care how good of a shot you are. Wild turkey gobbler down the barrel, you're going to miss him sometimes, especially me. But he had complained about the trigger pull. So I had this in my mind. And I took the gun, had, it was a 20 gauge. Luckily I had some 20 gauge shells that Scott had given me and took those with me, loaded the gun up, headed out, hit the road, got there about, I don't know, two o'clock or so. I had just eaten, you know, some kind of breakfast slash lunch. And the first spot I got to, there was like, it wasn't hunters. It was like recreational people everywhere. It was a beautiful Saturday. Mm-hmm. And there was people kayaking down the little river and people fishing and could hear like side-by-sides flying around and a chainsaw in the background. I was like, you know, this doesn't look like where I want to be. Yep. So <laughs> I then moved and there was an area where... I pulled in the north side of the road is this huge block of public land that's like thousands and thousands of acres. And there's like trucks parked everywhere with ATVs on the back of them. And I look on the map and I can tell there's just trails running all through it. And, you know, open the door and I hear ATVs flying all over the place over there. I was like, I don't think I want to go there either. But then I looked and on the south side of the road, And back a little ways, there was this little sliver of public land that didn't have any trails. It didn't have anything really for any recreational person to do besides maybe hunt. And I was like, you know, I'm going to walk up in there because it actually had a, a cattle farm bordering it, had some fields and that were on private, but that bordered it. And basically the creek bottom between the fields was public. It looked pretty good yeah. to me. I was like, this, you know, there might be one in there. So I just got out and walked up in there. And I walked maybe, I don't know, 400 yards away from the truck where I know it's you know, a good piece off the road. And popped the old diaphragm call in, hit two cuts and a couple of yelps. <sighs> Turkey answered. Nice. Well. That's how you start the afternoon. First time I've hit the call and one answer. Yeah, that was the first call you made yep. the entire day. Nice. 
So, and he's even better yet. He's in the woods in the public. <laughs> uh-huh. I don't have to get him out of the field. So I go up and I, I set up next to, it kind of was weird because there's a creek. And when I say a creek, I mean this thing, it, it's pretty good and deep as far as there's pretty steep banks, you know, maybe three foot tall on each side and a very slow meandering, you know, four inches of water in the bottom. But it is a, a crevice in the earth that would require the turkey to go across it, and I'd rather not have that. So yeah. the problem was it ran directly from me, directly to where he gobbled, so much so that I was like, I don't know if he's on the left or the right side. <laughs> so I just sat down on the creek and started calling, and that's where we'll pick up with the audio. So I'm sitting right by the creek, turkey's... 250 300 yards away it's real open this is early season not many leaves real open in here so i didn't want to chance it he, he had already cut me off several times so i was like he's interested there's no yeah. point pushing the envelope until he tells me that i need to close in further so we'll pick up here i'll cut right back in pretty soon but basically actually instead of cutting in i'm just gonna I'm going to start calling, and Turkey answers a couple times, and then I'm not going to make y'all sit through different pauses and all that stuff, but I move at one point. So that's pretty early on. I make a move. And the reason for that, he had answered several times from location A, and I had determined he was on the right side of the creek. And Mm. once I figured that out, and he had answered several times, he wasn't hastily coming to me, but he seemed like he was inching closer. I decided, okay, hey, he's answered me five times from this tree. I think it would probably sound a lot more realistic, and I can get away from this creek a little bit if I move up and to the right. So I made a move, and you'll hear me crash through the leaves. I'll cut out most of it. But I ended up moving about 60 yards to my right. Didn't really get me closer to the turkey, but it just relocated me and started calling from there. And when I did that, that that got him tore up because yeah. hens moving, and it, and it also was like there. That's where the cattle pasture was was up to the right. So I was kind of trying to make it seem like I was making my way that way, and I think that fooled him pretty good. So <laughs> we'll jump in here, and it's pretty good audio of this turkey goblin. He was fired up for a early afternoon long beard. Once he got going, and then we'll come back and discuss the hunt afterwards. So, see you guys after this hunt.
Cutting in right here, there's four minutes of silence passed that I'm going to cut out. Total silence. I don't call. Nothing happens. And so four minutes pass with nothing happening. Just a little bit of a waiting game. We'll pick back up there.
ho ho ho. Let's So you heard the second shot. That was <laughs> that's un you know not uncommon for audio that you have of me. The only uncommon <laughs> part is there wasn't a third shot. <laughs> so in this instance, remember I told you about the gun. So I guess I didn't really believe that it was the trigger. Like I truly didn't. I thought he was kind of making that up because it's a brand new gun and. The turkey comes up there. I mean, y'all heard that last gobble, like absolutely shaking the leaves off the trees. At I let him come really close. So the last gobble was at maybe 22 yards, and then I killed him at about 17 steps. Maybe uh, he may have been closer than that. I, it, it was he was so ridiculously close when I shot him, but it was it was just too good of a show to to stop it. So. Let him keep coming. It was 16 steps. I actually wrote it down. He was at 16 steps when he when he gobbled that last time and I killed him. So when I go to pull the trigger to kill him, I mean he's close. I'm I'm shook up because I've been watching him from the whole way in, and I start squeezing the trigger, and I mean I about needed a pair of vice grips to make this gun go off, and wow. I had gotten used to our buddy Scott McDonald had fixed my gun up with a spring and the trigger and all the stuff that made it where, I mean, it just, you just touch it and it goes off, which is wonderful because you don't really give yourself a chance to jerk. Yeah. But with this thing, I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm thinking is the, is something wrong? I'm like bending the trigger. Like, is this going to, is this gun going to go off so much so that like, I have to bear down on it and the gun barrel comes down about two inches and then finally it shoots. So it body shoots the ever living crap out of this turkey (laughs) and feathers go everywhere. And I mean, he's hit really hard. It just rocked him over. And I get up because I could obviously tell by the, you know, looks like I murdered a pillow of turkey feathers. (laughs) I have just body shot this turkey. And so I get up, and he's behind a log, and, I mean, he's down, and when I stood up, his head came up behind that log, like, not in a broke neck flopping manner, you know, like, his head was up as in, I'm still alive, very much so. And so that was the second shot. I put it on the back of his head and shot him again at close range, and that one broke his neck and killed him, and, you know, hat... After inspection, his wing and leg were both broken. He would not have gotten away, but there was no point in taking the chance of, of no. if he had the ability to fly, you know, you don't know till you can inspect the bird, but I, I wasn't going to take a chance. When, when I saw his head come up and it was, there was a lot of life in him and it was erect and, and normal looking, I was pulling the trigger again. Yeah. So that's why the second shot was there. So that finished him off. Big old 
it was a nice two-year-old gobbler, had a really nice beard on him. Huge fan. He had probably the biggest tail fan of any turkey I killed last year. And it was just, oh, I got to tell you, man, when he was coming, I knew he's coming. You could just tell he's cutting me off. Like, he wasn't delayed 10 seconds of gobbling. He's cutting me off. So he's, he's coming. And then he gets in there at 40, and he's gobbling. He kind of made a stand at about 55, and I had quit calling. He's gobbling, gobble, he kind of rapid fire, gobble, 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 gobble. And I'm like, yeah, now he's looking for me. Well, then he, he breaks and keeps coming. And he gets to 50, 45, 40, 30, 25. And I'm like, I just didn't want it to end. His coming's just levitating me off the tree. And then those last, so the second to last gobble, if you go back and listen to it, that was a demand gobble. Like, that is the gobble that says, I, I'm i here, where are you? Like, here I am. It, it's not the, you know, um, shot gobbling or whatever. It was a demand of, like, you show yourself. <laughs> yeah. And then he keeps coming, and at 22, he rips that last gobble, and then I shot him at 16, and it was just, oh, my gosh. That was so much adrenaline pumping through my veins, but... You could definitely tell, if you listen to it, seriously, if you listen to the gobbles, he's very interested the whole time. You can hear it in those last two. You can hear the, the demand in his voice of like, let's quit playing games, I'm here. Let's do this. <laughs> do you think you would have missed him if you'd shot him at 30? Yeah, actually very, almost certainly. With, you know, two inches at 16 isn't, you know, Moves the gun at 16 yards, maybe a foot down or half a foot. Yeah. I'm just, I'm talking from like a sight line. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. At 30, I mean, I would have rocked his toenails off. <laughs> I mean, seriously, like that would have been, so yeah, it, it actually, I didn't do it for that reason. I got in a bad habit last year of letting them, letting them keep on keeping on when I was confident that they were in hand at any you know i always trace them with the bead so that if all of a sudden that head shoots up or you know if something looks like it's about to go awry i'm ready to pull the trigger at any moment but i got the bad habit last year letting them keep on <laughs> ways in yeah and anyway yeah but in that case if i had not done that i i would have most certainly missed that turkey so yeah. anyway i told ryan about it let him know that I now believed him on his trigger deal. And he talked with Scott, actually gave him a phone call the next day and Scott ordered and mailed him the part and, and instructed him on how to put it on his trigger to where he now has a much softer trigger pull. Oh, good. So that was, that was excellent. So now that gun's a much better Turkey gun. Cause I mean, I, I've never thought about it, but man, that, that's a bad deal. You do not want a gun that is hard to squeeze the trigger on. Because, I mean, either the moment you start squeezing that trigger, you know, you want it to go off as soon as you touch it. <laughs> oh, yeah. For sure. Yep. So, no doubt. That made it interesting, for sure. But it was, I, I, if I had to go back, I'd have shot him that second time again. You know, you don't know what could have happened. And I know his head was up. There was no brain damage or severed spine and if you don't have one of those two i'm ready to put another one in him my dad ever since i 
was a kid, I remember him telling me, bullets are cheap. Yeah. Shoot again. Yeah. And so even if you're shooting TSS, bullets are cheap, a lot cheaper than you spending hours looking for a turkey that got up and ran off. That's Shoot it. him again if he moves. Well, and if, I mean, I would, I would buy 30 boxes of TSS or whatever to avoid crippling, mortally crippling a turkey and not finding it, you know? Oh, yeah. So that's, that's where it is for me. I mean, the, the first turkey I ever shot in my life, uh, I hit him in the body and he went down. And when I got up, he did too. And he was in a foot race and I never did find him. Yeah. And I'll, I'll never forget it. It was the first turkey I'd ever seen that I'd ever heard that I'd ever seen in my life. And I'll never forget the sight of that sucker running through the woods. Yeah. And I, I still have one feather from him. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. But that was how I started. And I, I don't, you know, I had it happen. And two years ago, I shot one and that one was real weird. He went just crumpled. And I walked up there and I was literally reaching down to grab him. And all of a sudden, his head came up, and he took out running like a scalded dog. Mm. And so was I. And we were running, and I shot three more times. Wow. <laughs> and finally clipped him on the last one enough. I didn't even really get him good on that one, but it, like, blew him a little bit to the left, and he ran into a tree, and it knocked him over, and then I WWE smackdowned on top of him. And we fought it out but anyway it was a that was a weird one it's like my i don't know if i had hit him in the head with a couple pellets and like it just knocked him out i don't know what happened yeah he was severely wounded but he like he didn't move a muscle and then when i reached down to grab him he was he was up and going yeah so that was strange but it was it was uh it was an awesome hunt i definitely would shoot him again if i had to and great hunt i was gonna say something else oh i was gonna say shooting a turkey multiple times i may have told you this story on i don't know if i ever told you on here but the first turkey to first one i ever shot a body shot and it went down and got back up ran off i told you that so the second one the one first turkey ever actually killed was me and my dad and i mean we had no this old man or not he wasn't that old then but this guy from my church is the one who called up the first gobbler for me yeah and it was a big old long beard awesome hunt and this the second one it was just me and my dad the guy from my church had told me to go buy a lynch box call at walmart and so that's what i did and tried to learn to play i mean wasn't very good on it but was able to make a turkey sound. I mean, it's not the hardest call in the world to make a turkey sound out of. And I'm 99% sure what I was doing was Jake yelping because I was, I didn't know you just leave the lid on there and go back and forth. I was like coming across, lifting it, going back and coming across again. <laughs> but we got this turkey fired up late morning, my dad and I, and they're coming in and we see the front turkey and it was a Jake. But I mean, we didn't care what, I had seen one turkey in my life before this turkey and I saw a beard and I mean, I was 13 years old or so. So dad and I were like, we're going to get this one. So we're like, all right, on three, let's let him have it. He had his 12 <laughs> gauge. I had my 20 gauge. Well, we 
also had no clue there's a strutter like 10 yards behind us jake that we never even saw nice. that was the actual turkey goblin we didn't really care anyway but so we one two three this jake and clobbered him like now looking back we destroyed this thing well yet again like i had never even seen a turkey hunting video i've never i didn't know what turkeys did when you shot them so it started flopping just like any turkey ever is going to do when you break their neck well that sucker started flopping we had never seen that we both had two more shells so we started letting him have it (laughs) and he just kept flopping we shot him with all six shells nice (laughs) he was tenderized he didn't get away does not sound like it no he did you know on the drive home he was kind of whistling in the back all the holes in him you know he kind of was just whistling through his through his yeah. body but we got him but yeah that was now looking back we looked like such idiots i mean the turkey's dead as a hammer we both shot this jake right in front of a gobbler and then we shoot it six more times <laughs> yeah <laughs> and if we had had a pocket of shells we'd have kept shooting it <laughs> <laughs> just, we had no idea so That's- that's awesome yeah but anyway it was a cool hunt i hope y'all enjoyed it pretty good audio nothing crazy happening but it was those last couple gobbles man if that didn't get you fired up for spring i don't know what will yeah i don't know what will but also if you find if you are in an area that sounds like what i described and you find a glenda green seat by the base of a large hickory tree, <laughs> that would be mine. <laughs> oh, two 20-gauge holes to the right of it. <laughs> that's awesome. I need that, to get back up there and get that seat. That is what I call typical Cameron crap. <laughs> yep, yep. Uh, wasn't a call this time. It was the seat itself. Got to make a donation in every state he goes to. Yes. That one, that was that state's donation. I got my second Glenda Green seat here with yeah. me now. But one day, That's maybe awesome. I'll, I think it'd be cool if, you know, in a couple of years when I'm done with all the states, hopefully, if I end up back in that state and go back in there and see if it's still sitting at the base of that tree. <laughs> uh, you know, it will be. Well, yeah. If you you know have a brother who needs to go get a bird in that state yeah might might just guide him over in that direction yeah there you go when you find the seat by the tree that's me or that's the spot yeah oh me always donating my stuff so anyway well worth the donation i'll i'll pay for a new glenda green seat every time if that's the outcome yeah no doubt no doubt Awesome, man. Thank you for sharing that hunt and the story with it. That was a lot of fun. Yeah, absolutely. So hope hope y'all enjoyed that. Hope uh, we got Thanksgiving coming up next week. Yes, we do. So we'll have a Thanksgiving episode of the Turkey Hunter podcast for y'all next week. I don't know. Do you want to try to get it out maybe Wednesday or something? Because I don't really care to be working on Thursday. Let's see what we can do. See what we can. We'll see if we can make it happen. That probably means it'll be out next Sunday. So (laughs) (laughs) we'll do our best for (laughs) y'all. Never know. But 
Anyway, hope y'all enjoyed that. Do you have a favor of the week for us this week? Well, I will say this. In addition to spending a little money on some raffle tickets, don't forget to book your rooms for Unicoi and for Nashville. Yes. Two big shows coming up, one in January, one in February, and... Yeah, Unicoi's the 12th and 13th, I believe, in January, and then the NWTF convention should be the weekend of, well, I guess it starts now on a Thursday, I guess February 15th, and goes to the 17th. Yeah, that's about right. So, those are the dates. But yeah, I mean, you better have your room booked for either of those. Unicoi's been growing like crazy, and if you hadn't been there, which I have not, I might go this year, see how the ducks are acting, but if I can get away from the ducks for a little bit, I might try to make it, but it's supposed to be an awesome time. Everybody that I've talked to that's gone can't say enough about it. Very true. It's good stuff. If you go, you will not be disappointed. I will promise you that. So, yeah, book some rooms and get out there on those trips those will be uh it's a good opportunity for you to take your wife or girlfriend or both and just make a weekend out of it yeah for sure so good deal you want to wrap us up i'm gonna try thank you guys so much for tuning in this week we know that you have choices we appreciate you spending your time with us we hope you have a wonderful week And we look forward to seeing you again, hopefully with a normal voice, next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.
Thanks for tuning in. You were just listening to the Turkey Hunter podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please go on over to iTunes and leave a five-star review. And make sure to head over to www.iamturkeyhunting.com to subscribe for free turkey hunting tips, tactics, strategies, and product reviews to help you have a more successful turkey season. And stay tuned for upcoming episodes on hunting afternoon birds, how to film your hunt, and the breeding cycle of hens, as well as some guest interviews. Thanks again for listening. We know your time is valuable, and we appreciate you sharing some of it with us. See you next week.